as we hit Luke chapter 2. So, um, welcome to Christmas. In these days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was in the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went out to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went out from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth in Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region... There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The cool thing as we kick off today, going through Luke chapter 2. It's a lot of times when we hear the Lucan narrative, we instantly start thinking about baby Jesus, right? And we forget the fullness of the gospel is really wrapped up right here in Luke 2, all of it. The whole counsel of the gospel is wrapped up right here in Luke 2 of how salvation comes. Think about some of these things. They're hearing the good news. When you came to Christ, what was the first thing that you heard? The good news of Christ. They heard it. It's the, it's the full counsel. And some of the cool things about this, God's salvation came in the midst of sin. Not when they figured it out. So if you're here today, you're just trying to go, how do I come to Christ? The first thing you need to hear is, it came to the shepherds and in the midst of sinfulness, you had Quirinius. He said, listen, everybody's got to go be registered for this census. There's two reasons that you give a census from a human perspective. One, for power. And two, for money. That's the only reason you do it. So even in the midst of this, but God's purpose was, I'm going to take this sinful moment and I'm going to use it for my glory. And God's purpose was so that Christ would be born in Bethlehem. They're in Nazareth, but the prophecy in Micah chapter 5 verse 2 was the child has to be born in Bethlehem. So in the midst of sin, God uses that sin for his own glory. Is that not fantastic news? That God comes in the midst of our sin for his own glory, but also God's salvation came in the everyday rhythms of life. I think a lot of times we think For the gospel to be real, it's got to be this moment where I'm fasting and praying and I'm really seeking him. I'm on my knees. What were the shepherds doing? Just herding the flocks. Where does God come? In the midst of the mundane. 
That's where salvation comes. And then God's salvation came finally to nobodies. Outcasts, misfit toys. The shepherds were, they were the least of the least. As a matter of fact, the shepherds were not even invited to any trials. They could not give witness. They were thought of so lowly. But who did Christ, did Christ come to Quirinius? No. Did he come to Herod? No. Did he come to Augustus? Who did he come to? The shepherds and what a glorious news. So church, here's the deal as we kick off this service. Hear the good news in your sin, in the middle of the mundane, as a nobody misfit toy that unto you is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. So at first they heard the good news. And then immediately after that, they had to do something. In verse 15 and 16 continues that not only did they hear the good news, but then they sought it out and they found what they were seeking out. Verse 15 and 16 goes on to say this. So when the angels went away from them, back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which reminds us that God's salvation does come to us in the midst of our sin, in the midst of the mundane, in the midst of being nobodies, misfit toys, but it is our responsibility to respond to that and to go and to find, and that's exactly what they did. They went in haste, the text goes on to say. They said, let us go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us, and they went with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. In other words, when the gospel comes, it is our responsibility not to uh, shake it off. It's not to shake it off. These shepherds could have done a couple of things. They could have said, whoa, what on earth has happened? We're delusional. We've had some peyote, whatever. what What is this deal? They could have done that. They didn't. They heard the good news and they went and they sought it and they found what they sought. They didn't shake it off with their reasoning and with their pride. I think a lot of times that's exactly how we shake off the gospel news. Is number one, with reasoning. That can't be true. It can't be that there would be a God who would love me so much in the midst of my sin. That just does not make sense. I've got to do something. I've got to earn something. I've got to be something, right? We reason it away. We reason away the good news that Christ comes to us in our sinfulness and in our mundane as misfit toy. We try to reason it away. It's the good news for a reason, church. And not only do we try to reason it away, but sometimes we push away the gospel with pride. Oh, I don't don't know. If if I respond to that, what are they going to think about me? The shepherds could have done that as well. But they didn't. They responded. And this, again, is the fullness of the good news of the gospel. It was indeed a silent night. That's true. But that silent night changed their lives forever and can change yours as well. It was the night that, we're going to do it, light, we're going to burn the building down this time, I'm sure. We've already tried it a couple of times. Maybe today will be the day. Just kidding. 
light came to the midst of darkness to dispel it. And so church, I know you're thinking, man, this is so odd to have Christmas in the middle of August. <laughs> like you're wrestling with it, aren't you? It's okay. But I want to tell you this, theologically and historically, it's probably more accurate to celebrate Christmas in August than December. You realize that, right? The shepherds were not out in the middle of the fields in the middle of December. It's probably more accurate to celebrate it now. But let's remember, as we think about the fullness of the gospel message through Luke, they heard the good news, and then they sought it, and they found it. Light came to give us life. Would you stand, and would you sing, and would you contemplate the good news of the gospel? But they heard the good news. We see that. And as we exegete the text, we see that they sought out and they found the good news. And then the natural response after that was they shared the good news. They couldn't keep it in. So 17 and 18 goes on to say this. And when they saw it, they made known the saving the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. Do you realize that you hold in the Christmas narrative not just a reason to decorate your house or to give gifts, but you hold the life-giving key to someone else's eternity? Isn't that worth sharing? They couldn't keep it in. Think about Jamie and bonus points that he gives out as a teacher and I've heard that one of the things he does is is he'll say hey whoever can answer the fastest whoever's got the answer the fastest all you got to do is spout it out the fastest and I'll give you bonus points and I can assure you in that room everybody who knows the answer is trying their best if you know the answer how on earth could you hold it in And what a greater answer we have than an anatomy lesson. I mean, anatomy's great, Jamie. I'm sorry. (laughs) They heard the good news. They sought it out. They found it. And then they shared it. I think a lot of times we overcomplicate sharing the good news of Christ. I've got to know certain things. Or I've got to have it all figured out. And I've got to... Man... Let me free you today. Here's the good news. All you have to do is share with somebody is how majestic Christ is, how glorious Christ is, how great Christ is, and how awesome Christ is. And if you do that and point out how sinful we are and how he is the Savior, you have proclaimed the good news. We should go tell it on the mountain. And right now you think we're going to say go tell it on the mountain, don't you? But we're not but we are going to scream of Christ's excellence. I hope maybe with the decommercialization of our Christmas morning today, that maybe you're seeing the Christmas narrative in a whole new light. That it's not just about baby Jesus in a manger, 
As a matter of fact, I think I could make the argument that Luke's main idea or the main idea of the text in the Lucan narrative is actually not Jesus, but the response of the shepherds. It's the whole flow. It's what he's pushing us to see is how did the shepherds respond to the good news? And in light, how do we respond to the good news of Christ? So I hope today with the decommercialization that you're seeing it in a whole new light. I hope you're seeing that the birth of Jesus is about that they heard the good news. But not only did they hear it, but they sought it and they found it. And then not only that, but then they shared it. And then after that, Luke 19 and 20, where we wrap it up today. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The point is this. The gospel, we hear it, we seek it, we find it, we respond to it, we share it, and then we worship. They worshiped. That's what Luke wants us to see. That's what's different about Jesus' birth is people are worshiping, which is different than every other baby that's being born in Jerusalem. And he's saying, if you've been with this journey with us, he's saying, Theophilus, you got to see that Jesus' birth is different. It changed people. Not one person goes away from contemplating Christ unchanged. You can't come to Christ and walk away unchanged. Now, you can reject But that doesn't mean you're not still left wondering and curious about the good news of who Christ is. So they worship. Showing us this. That God's salvation never leaves our hearts if you're in Him. It's a true statement. Christmas is all year round for us. It's every day. Right, man? We should give gifts every day. And I know some of y'all who still have your Christmas lights up from December and you hadn't taken them down yet, nudge the person on your right, if if that's still them, if that's you, you're like, yes, today is my day. (laughs) Affirmation for my craziness, right? But it really is every day. And God's salvation certainly didn't leave Mary's heart. She, She pondered it. She couldn't let it go. She kept contemplating these things. The shepherds, they return. They're glorifying and praising God. They're telling everybody that they can see. I think there's some good news in this. If you're in this room, and I've been wanting to speak for this for a long time, and you wrestle with assurance of salvation, I want to speak to you real quick. There is assurance of salvation in the moments where we look a lot like these shepherds, where there is joyful peace. And there's that, I know that I'm a believer because I have this joyful peace. I have heard, I have sought out, I have seen, I've responded, I've tasted, I've shared. And, and there, there is that assurance in those moments of joyful, yes, I'm in the faith. But I want to speak this over you as well. If you're a believer and you feel that nagging, discontenting conviction... Over your sin, you're like, but this, but this, and it calls you to repentance. I want to say this to you. That repentance that you are feeling is just as much God's gracious assurance over your heart. Because you wouldn't be having those repentant, convicting moments if the Spirit was not drawing you and wooing you. 
find great grace in that church. It's in his kindness that he leads us to repentance. That's the good news and hope of Christmas. That Christ comes to find us and changes us forever. So, unbeliever, you've heard the gospel today. Probably as clear as you will ever hear it at Safe Haven Church. You've heard the gospel. The gospel is that Christ came and broke into our darkness, stepped out of eternity, took the form of a babe through a virgin, a Nazarene, but also born in Bethlehem to fulfill the prophecy. All the prophecies were fulfilled of him being Messiah. He was born, he came in, and the good news was heralded. And so you've heard the good news. Christ came to forgive sin. Will you seek it and find it? Will you repent of your sin, trust in his finished work, and find the grace that he offers? And then unbeliever, if that's you and that's churning in your heart for the first time today, hey, share it with somebody. Let somebody know. Go tell it on the mountain. Let us know. We would love to talk to you about baptism and what that looks like and community groups and community faith and obedience and all of that stuff. And unbeliever, if the gospel has found you, if Christmas has found you today, if the star of wonder, star of light has found you today, worship. Worship greatly. Let it go. Sing of Christ's excellence. Herald it. So unbeliever, Will you respond to the gospel today? And believer, not will you respond. Hey, believer, how will you respond today? You've heard. You've sought. You've found. Will you worship greatly?